Hello, everyone. Are you wondering how to enter a career in cybersecurity and you think you don't have the technical skills? Well, today here, we have Richard Tiwari to unpack this and bust some myths. This is your host, Dr. Sirisha Kuchimanji. Welcome to Life Beats with Sirisha on Radio Caravan, 104.1 FM and 700 AM. I am a former tech executive, an entrepreneur, and a podcast host. You can check out my podcast, Women, Career, and Life, on Spotify or any other podcast platform. It is a top 30% Spotify podcast, essentially talking around leadership and building financial wealth. I work with organizations on building strong leadership pipelines and enabling women leaders to elevate themselves and with universities on getting their students ready for the corporate world and building financial strength as well. If you want to contact me or work or partner with me, you can check out my website. It's sirishakuchimanji.com, S-I-R-I-S-H-A-K-U-C-H-I-M-A-N-C-H-I.com. So let's dive in. I'm going to open up the phone lines at 214-817-3333 so that you can ask questions of Richard. So Richard is a director at Trust Cloud on cybersecurity, and she's originally an English literature major, which is what makes this conversation incredibly fascinating. You definitely need to call in because you might be thinking, I don't have the technical chops to do a job in a technical field, but that's what we're here to talk about. We want to hear your questions, help answer some of those questions you might have as well. And Richard, let's get started. So what's your story? Yeah, just like you said, like I started uh, with the Delhi Open School of Learning. I did my English literature here, and I think within the first semester, I knew this degree would not get me anywhere. So I finished that one, but I think looking back now, I can see that degree just taught me one thing, like how to consume vast amount of text and come back to with meaningful data and understand what somebody's trying to portray. So in hindsight, it was a good deal. But after that, I started with my MBA and emphasized a little bit on the IT side of it and then worked for a couple of odd jobs and got the experience of what I want to do versus what I don't want to do. One of my first opportunities here in the US was working as a recruiter where I helped staff for IT positions, but at the same time, it was a sister company of implementation firm. So anytime they have those business uh, meetings, they will send me in to go and get all the whiteboards into Visio. And I was like, I, that I get, like that, that pieces of the puzzle I get. I like this data flow. I like this data map. I can understand this. And that's what I want to specialize in. So I think it was more of a discovery of understanding what I don't like versus finding what I like and being able to be focused on what I really like about it. Ah, the ever conundrum. I know we are always told to figure out our five-year goals and what we want to do, but I like how you handle that because yeah. so more, more important not to know what you don't want to do. But I, I do want, I, this has been my experience. Sometimes you may not want to do it now, but in five, 10 years, it's something you might enjoy doing. I think often that's the path that people take between um, being individual contributor and leadership, right? It's something that they dread when they're yeah. in their early years. And then as they elevate and keep going and get experience, it's something you might reconsider, but a great way to make a decision because you know what, what your strengths are. And yeah. let's, <laughs> people talk about handling your weaknesses and working on it, but I think really leaning into your strengths is way more important than trying to figure out what doesn't work for you. Yeah, and I think that's also like failures too. Or I tried something, I know I don't like it. It's a simple way of saying, yeah, I failed at that time, but then that means if there were 100 ways to do this thing, I know one doesn't work. So I'm now 99% closer to making it work. So for me, it's more of those kind of numbers too. Yes, I didn't learn, but boy, did I learn how not to fail again on the same instance. It's always learning. You always get something out of it. 
Yeah. So how did you get into cybersecurity now? You figured out you worked, like you said, with IT and Visio. So what was your journey there? Yeah, I think I understood more about the data side. Like that thing came intuitively. And I think it's a little bit more of a Sherlock Holmes and a lot of those mystery novels that I learned read when I was a kid too. It's like, how do you connect the dots? If you have a certain amount of data coming into your business and it's going out, how do you make sure that it's secure? What are the points somebody can touch it? Or what are the points where somebody can change it, change the integrity, the confidentiality, processing of that data and once you have that mindset and you're trying to see the flow from different systems different people different processes it's easier for you to come up with ideas about oh this is how we should be securing it so again i think at the time when i was doing my english literature i hated those three years of my life but in the hindsight i think it just propelled me to again consume a lot of data and figure out what are the points of uh, connection what where things can be compromised and then work with the teams to figure out how we can now consolidate and do something about it and let's secure it. And you, we were having this conversation prior to sitting on the radio station, right? You're, you're talking with middle school students through talking about education. And I think it highlights a whole point. I mean, the whole point of today's conversation is about not self-limiting and drawing these boundary conditions around ourselves and saying, we can't do this, we don't have the skills. Because your English literature skills taught you different ways, a different set of skills that are not technical in the way we envision them, but you still need that skill to be able to do your job. And I'm sure you bring a sort of different mindset, a different way of thinking that somebody who went through probably an engineering degree might view the information differently. And when people talk about diversity, what people mean by diversity is not just diversity as in gender, race, but really it's the diversity of ideas and thought and interpretation because it's all about mitigating risk, especially for product launches and things. Mm It's about how do you get the best product out? Because you don't want to find out after it goes to market that it's going to fail. You want it beforehand? You definitely don't, yeah. Yeah, so it's like how, and then it's it's the viewpoint is so much um, that enables this. So what skills do you see people bringing in when they're coming into cybersecurity? Yeah, I think we are all the sum of the experiences we have gone through. And uh, one of the questions that, I think it was in my TOEFL exam one time, it's like, uh, which who's more, uh, mature is it an eight-year-old and ten-year-old and i could not i flunk that question but it was more about an eight-year-old in the u.s maturity is far much different than an eight-year-old in india versus an eight-year-old who's living maybe in uh, iraq so the maturity is very much based on your experiences and then you watch everything through that lens and you're able to process it at different angles and you cannot uh articulate it that well but yeah each one of us has a different way of looking at the same problem coming at different angles. And I think that is the innovation. That is where the companies distinguish themselves because as you have more people with diverse thought processes, diverse lenses of looking at a problem, you have a faster track to a solution that is more widespread rather than just honing on, this is a problem, this is how it should be solved because there's, we've all been there. It's not just one problem. This is not just one risk. It's so much more collaborative. There are too many dominoes, too many irons in the fire you can't just focus on one there's just multifaceted approach that we need to do in real life i'm totally amazed that you remember your toefl exam question <laughs> i don't remember i think this was my speech thing and she was asking me this and i just said like it doesn't matter it's a number <laughs> maturity doesn't matter yeah true maturity is just a number it doesn't matter it's it's what you bring to the table so if you are tuning in you're listening to life beats with sirisha i have richard tibari here talking about cybersecurity and how it requires other skills that are what we might not consider technical to really do this job so if you are thinking you want to get into cybersecurity, one of the hottest fields tune in and listen to this 
And don't forget to call the studio to ask questions live. What a better way to then hear it from someone who's an expert and who's been doing it at 214-817-3333. The number again is 214-817-3333. You are also part of a cybersecurity organization. So how can people, if they don't get the chance to call on the station now, how can they find out about other avenues to learn about the ecosystem that's around cybersecurity? What's yeah. going on rather than go through a traditional college process? Yeah, and I, I honestly think, and I'm, again, people who are in the cybersecurity field are probably watching the news too. Uh, the traditional ways of uh, the degree and all of those things are becoming more and more eclipsed because uh, you have all of these new vendors like AWS and GCP, uh, Google Cloud Service Providers that provide their own certifications. They have come out on the news and talked about not going to the traditional route and stuff like that. But within Dallas, like I think Dallas has a very thriving security community. There are multiple different groups to be a part of. Um, I belong to the ISSA, which is the International Systems Security Association, and I'm part of the North Texas ISSA chapter. We have a special dedicated group of people who work with our college chapters as well. So I know Colin College is a big beneficiary of our sponsorship program as a part of the NTX ISSA. And there will be some great connections there that you can leverage. And definitely we have some conferences that we show up as well too. So on September 15, there's a conference on the Colin College uh, in Frisco. And that would be a great one for anybody who's looking to move into the cybersecurity space to attend because that is, again, Everybody in the Dallas security thought leader would be there presenting their ideas and talking about it. And that would be a great. And I think there, there's also a program for mentoring. So you can always have somebody to mentor you, to coach you through it. And there'll be other like-minded people. So if you think that you are struggling with getting a break, trust me, I, I, I hear that. We have all been through that. I don't think anybody in the security can say that they, they applied and they got in and it was like one hit, done deal. <laughs> it never really happens in real life. We all have the scars to tell you that. but. That would be a great conference for you guys to come and talk and share uh, more about everybody's journey. So if you're interested in learning more about this conference in Frisco, you get access to experts. You hear their stories, their mm -hmm. real life stories, but the skills they're bringing, their experiences. But I think the most fascinating, important thing is the mentorship because mm -hmm. most of us probably didn't hear of mentors till we started working or later in college. And that makes such a huge impact to have someone to show you what are the opportunities and avenues that you can pursue and keep you, I would say, on not necessarily on track, but provide you insight because a mentor's job is not to tell you what to do, but to direct you. It's like a light that they shine on the path. They are not yeah. going to hold your hand and walk you there. So it's about really understanding the difference about what you can get out of it. And definitely. And I think that's very unique. And I think that's where I want to bring down this phobia about being technical and cybersecurity. I think a lot of the people you meet in the, within this industry, they talk so much jargon and it's so much book languages, but having a mentor and having a true mentor for you is somebody who can break down those complex problems for you, explain it to you in a very layman terms. And if you find people like that who can help support you in that learning journey, hold on to them, reach out to them, always bombard them with all the questions because I think that is a problem within this industry too. Like we really hide behind so much jargons where things are not as complex as we make it out to be. And there's a scarcity of people who can break those things down in very simple terms. And those are the people who will tell you when you're wrong, who will not sugarcoat things for you, and who will also play to your strengths and point out your weaknesses. And it's a blessing to have them around and have those candid conversations with. Very true. And Cybersecurity is everywhere, right? We all have a bunch yeah. of, even personally, we have so many accounts, you hear of this hacking or that hacking. So yeah. security and data is at risk and 
all of us live online lives even as much as we think we may not have a social media account everything is online yeah. and it's such a important field so if you are thinking about it know someone who's interested in a career in cybersecurity or one of these other sort of technical fields this discussion is very much centered around cybersecurity but really what we are saying is you can move and pivot your career into different fields don't let the fact that it's technical or thinking that it's technical right. stop you from making these pivots there are ways to upskill through classes through Google or Amazon, you don't have to go the traditional route. You can even take the skills you have in your current industry, do projects, come to these kind of conferences or events that other places have, access these communities. This whole platform, this radio show is all about bringing experts and others to come and talk about essentially so you don't have to go curate your content and that you can hear their story, their personal experience. So if you have questions for Racha or for me, definitely call in the studio. We are here for another little over 10 minutes. The number is 214-817-3333. You're listening to Life Beats with Sarisha on Radio Caravan, 104.1 FM and 700 AM. So you've been talking about the skills and stuff. So what is the lay day in the life of a cybersecurity technologist, engineer? Yeah. And I know it de probably depends on what kind of role they have. So maybe you can give a description of different basic type of roles that they there have. There are so many. I think the cybersecurity is such a broad umbrella. There's just so many different kind of roles. And again, um, you can be very hands-on. You can be a firewall config manager if you want to be. You can be an architect and just dealing with how your different applications are talking to each other, how you're limiting them not to talk to outside world. You can do a lot of that configuration hands-on stuff too. There is a big part of the GRC space too, which is government risk and compliance, where you are looking at things from a macro level and trying to understand based on your data flows, based on your kind of customer commitments you have on how you're securing those things and any kind of regulations you're into as well. So if you're storing healthcare data or credit card data or children's data with all the schools now going online, there are different set of regulations that you have to maintain. So you have to translate what that regulation means for a firewall configuration or a security architect to implement into the process. There's a lot of those avenues and there's risk management, obviously, which I feel like everybody does it in their day-to-day -day life anyways. So just doing that at an organization level, thinking about from all the angles, like your people, process, systems, tools, everything, bringing it all in-house, understanding what the financial impacts of those things are. And that is something that I do also at my day-to-day -day job with TrustCloud because we are a trust assurance management platform, and that's what we help our customers to manage their risk, understand their regulatory and customer contractual commitments, and then also help with telling their story and being transparent about their security posture with their uh, customers and prospects as well. So yeah, no two days are alike, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah. and. Cybersecurity, like you said, is there in schools, in hospitals, government institutions. I, I can't think of a place where cybersecurity does not exist. Exactly. You cannot have an industry that does not have any kind of an IT, uh, unless you're going under a cave and finding somebody. That's a whole another story. But there's no industry that you cannot mm -hmm. go and get. I, I had somebody recently reached out to me about the hospice platform for hospice management. And I was like, that is interesting. Like We have really touched almost all the industries in there. Yeah. And personally, we have what cybersecurity through our sort of softwares that we put for firewalls and things, but everything data is out there. And I was watching this at, it's called the Segway outside, when there are restrictions in certain states and stuff about how you share your kids' information online mm -hmm. as well. 
there are certain states i think you actually have to pay the children but you can get to one of the states which i thought was like if only the kids found out about it when the parents were posting on facebook on how much this was going to cost them yeah yeah who owns the data is the biggest question right you upload a picture on facebook are you the owner of that is facebook the owner of that and where are you giving up that right of that ownership of saying this is my data do not use it anything versus a lot of those terms and agreements that we just click away because they're not meant for us to understand. They're written intentionally in a very convoluted language and a long thing, stream of things. You just click it and that's where the ownership of data and then how can they use it? How can they for marketing purposes and all that? That's where a lot of those privacy regulations are coming in for the US. We have some ways to go. We have every state marching to its own tune and I think eventually we'll get something a lot more nationwide. But yeah, those, those are the fun challenges that you get yourself immersed into a lot of these uh, places as well. Yeah, as, as a content creator, because I do a podcast, the content is mine, but you're right. It depends where I end up sticking it out and how you end up working with somebody else. If you have questions, the number is 214-817-3333. You're listening to Live Beats with Sarisha. I work with organizations and um, universities essentially in building strong pipelines for entering the corporate world, elevating into leadership roles and building robust financial futures. You can check out my website, or if you want to partner with me, the website is sarishakuchimanchi.com. It's S-I-R-I-S-H-A-K-U-C-H-I-M-A-N-C-H-I.com. Pretty big mouthful, if you can get it right. <laughs> but it's actually very phonetic, Sarisha Kuchimanchi. There's lots of I's and A's in between, so you can't go wrong there. So, Richa, what is it that we haven't got a chance to talk about yet from a cybersecurity or sort of your experience? Or what are some of the questions other people are asking you in this space? Honestly, like for me, don't get bogged down by the technical. Whatever you're doing, this generation of ours, we are heavily technical. If I ask any one of you to tell me how much cash you are carrying, probably it'll be nil or less because we are grown in the cashless age. A lot of us might not even have writing have written letters in our lifetime now, or maybe mm -hmm. just a few when we were growing up. A lot of us probably have Nest cameras, Amazon doing all of our deliveries and stuff. Anybody telling me that it's so technical, I just, this is my pushback to you. You guys are in the technical generation. A lot of the things that our parents used to do manually or the old school way, I don't know how to phrase it, or traditional ways, we have already used ways to automate that and do it. Don't make... Don't make this a something that you self-negate yourself. Don't put this as a shackle in your brain that this is too technical, I can't go there. There are too many resources along with technology. I think the education system has warped a lot. Like there are too many resources available, not free of cost. Like you have MITs and the Harvards, they have their coaching programs. A lot of their uh, courses are uh, online. I know at Trust Cloud, we created our own knowledge base with that talks about all GRC concepts, which is again, publicly available. You can always go there and look at it if you're trying to get into the GRC space. But with, with, again, with all this technology, there are more resources than ever before that our parents had access to, to upskill yourself pretty quickly and effectively and network and find people who have gone through that battles and have the scars to prove for it. So just my only pushback for everybody is don't get that technical. When you're reading a job description, don't just, and they write like technical experience required in Linux, and it doesn't really tell you what exactly they're looking for. Mm -hmm. So don't self-negate yourself. Don't rule yourself out. There are enough people out there in the world that will do it for you. Yeah, true. And we are a digital generation. We live digital lives. Just as you said, everything is online, our groceries. I, in some ways, COVID pushed us into becoming much more digital savvy and enabling all those structures that are around us. So the skills that you've learned, the acumen that you have can really get you there. 
and there's places like Coursera and stuff where all these universities, all these classes are free and really take advantage of it and reach out to the people who have written it. I think we hesitate often on reaching out to who we consider experts and things, but sometimes they are just as willing and want to hear what the impact they are having is. So if there's someone that you've been watching in the space or want to connect with, or like the GRC training at Trespa, like the Chelsea, take a minute and check it out and see if that's something you want to lean into. Reach out to people. I tend to obviously talk a ton about LinkedIn on this conversations that we have because it is a professional platform. That is where you'll connect with people. The one thing caution is though, don't go around asking for things in LinkedIn. That's what puts people off when you ask them for something, you have to build that relationship. So Richard, if someone wants to get in touch with you or learn more about you, yep. where do they find you? LinkedIn, that's the only social platform that I have. So it's a Richard T, that's my LinkedIn URL as well. And you can find me Richard Tevari, TrustCloud, Dallas, those are the keywords to search me with, and that would be a good place to go. And again, go to our knowledge base called Fightscope on our website too. That would be a good place to start with the GRC. And then the NTXISSA or the ISSA organization as a whole, I think that's an international organization. No matter where you are in the world, you will be able to find an ISSA affiliate near you. And then the Nortex is what is a special, is the local chapter that I'm part of. So on September 15th, you said the Colin College has the Frisco sort of cybersecurity mm -hmm. fair where they can find mentors. ISSA is the organization, the global one yep. that they can find information and find all of these resources. So if you're planning a career in cybersecurity or know someone, we are always going to need cybersecurity professionals just because of the way we live our lives now. Yeah. There is, it is never going out of business. I yeah. can't see how it would go out of business. Yeah, I, I don't think like you can be a doctor, you can be a mechanic, you can be a plumber. I think you would still need to have some idea of how to protect that data that you are having around you. And it's not now, I don't want to, or I don't, it's hard, but you have to do it eventually uh, or, or do it for your kids. Like you have now with the kids getting access to the school laptops and have so much more, you have to be aware of what kind of dangers that their data can have access to. And you have to start having those conversations earlier with them too. Eventually, I. To your point, like you not learn about it. There is no way that you can sustain living without having an understanding of how and who can access you. Because previously you closed the door, life was shut. But now we have so many ways of somebody affecting our mental and emotional and financial peace now mm -hmm. that you not learn about it. Yeah, to secure not only our professional careers, but as you said, our financial and other mental health careers, we have to be having this conversation. It's about protecting our data, which you're talking about doing it in a professional sense, which is how do you work yeah. as a cybersecurity specialist. But in our personal lives, we all protect our data as we think is best. Obviously, we are limited by how much knowledge or resources we have access to, but there are ways to do this. So if you are tuning in, you're listening to Life Beats with Sirisha, we have about 30 seconds to take a quick call. But Richard, anything we, one last push, what else on cybersecurity? I always come back to the three points. Like you gotta be curious, you gotta be resourceful, and you gotta have a critical thinking. If you have these three like basic personality traits, skills, aptitudes, there is no limit to what you can learn and grow. And if anybody says that they have done it in cybersecurity, it's always an ever evolving field. So you always have to learn it here. So stay humble in that note too. Yeah, so basically what she talked about, if you heard the three skills, there was nothing technical that called out in that, which is what we wanted to highlight today. Thank you for tuning in and listening to Life Beats with Sirisha. You can check out my podcast, Women, Career and Life, or my website if you want to partner, sirishakuchimanchi.com. We'll see you next Thursday at three o'clock. 
Thank you, Richard, for being here. This was a really great conversation to have. Thank you for having me. It was fun.